Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, so we are talking about some of the biggest stories uh, that took place last year in 2019, and we're pressing them through the lens of Scripture. So far, we've talked about uh, the stories surrounding Joshua Harris and Kanye West, and then yesterday we talked about the United Methodist Church um, and how they voted to uphold traditional marriage, and then recently they decided they were going to split over the issue. Today, we are talking about the story that took place in China at Early Rain Presbyterian Church. Now, I know that I'm going to get these names wrong, so you guys are going to forgive me ahead of time, right? Right. Okay, good. So um, two men – so here's the heartbreaking story. Here's the the backlog. Uh, The communist government of China – raided uh, a church called the Early Rain Presbyterian Church. Two men were detained. Uh, Keen Defu, I think one of the elders, uh, was arrested. And last November, he was sentenced to four years in prison for illegal business operations. And the church's main preaching pastor, Wang Yi, was also arrested. And he was just recently sentenced to nine years in prison for inciting to subvert state power. Now, of course, these are trumped-up charges. These men were not engaged in a business, nor were they inciting their congregation against the state. The problem was that they were teaching the Bible and preaching the gospel. Now, if this is the first time that you're hearing about this story, please pray for these men and their families and the church that they attend and the Chinese officials that they would repent. But let's use this story um, this morning to talk about persecution. So, brothers... Wang Yi and Qin Defu are in prison right now as we speak for their faith. Is this an unusual thing for Christians to endure? No. You know, one of the things that we realize, you know, if Christ is the compass for our gospel life in this world, then his teaching and his life clearly tells us we should expect persecution in our lives. And before his crucifixion, Jesus reiterates what he tells his disciples in John chapter 15, verses 18 through 20. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his masters than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And there's a number of scriptures that will say uh, similar things. You know, um, you know, Paul says, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. You know, Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, you know, what is one of the Beatitudes? Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. 
Yeah, and, and, and then later in that same chapter, he's going to say, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Yes. So the theme of, of our you know, of our life in Christ is that we're going to be faced with persecution. Now, we have it a you know, great deal easier than, um, you know, the people in China or some other parts of the world, but persecution has followed Christians always. There was a, there was a 2011 report by Pew Research that um, said no religion experiences more opposition and more oppression in more countries than Christianity. It listed 130 countries and even this, you know, since 2011, they keep updating that number. It's higher and higher. But talking about the 50 countries where the greatest persecution for Christians took place, they, it reported that 322 Christians are killed each month for their faith. 214 churches and Christian properties are destroyed. There's an average of 722 incidents of violence, such as beating, abduction, rape, arrest, forced marriages, Parents having their children kidnapped, some die of, uh, dying of heart attacks as a result of emotional trauma. This is what is happening in where the persecution is the most intense. And you know, the church father Tertullian, in that um, in the second century, said the blood of martyrs is the seed of the church. You know, the reminder that the basis of the growth of the church was uh, you know through these martyrs who were, and the word martyr means witness means witness. The, the witness of the gospel is accompanied always by degrees of persecution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we certainly, we certainly shouldn't be surprised. And, and um, it, uh, an analogy that I like to make is Christian, and, and of course, but I, even before I, let me, let me back up even a little bit more and say, when we look around the world and when I look at, at people uh, like uh, Qin Defu and, and Wang Yi in China, uh, whatever resistance I get here in this country for for preaching the gospel and for and for attempting and attempting to live the gospel and to speak uh, and proclaim Christ, uh, whatever whatever persecution may come my way is minor compared to what others around the world are are dealing with. And, Particularly in China and North Korea and, and other places in in, mm-hmm. in Africa uh, today, um, but an analogy that I like to use is, and this is a biblical analogy, uh, Christian, you're involved in a war, mm-hmm. you're involved in a battle, and there is an enemy. Now let's think about uh, if if we were soldiers going into battle. No soldier going into battle is surprised and offended when the enemy shoots at him. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't stand up in your foxhole and say, hey, wait a minute, what are you doing over there shooting at me? <laughs> How dare you? Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, don't you know those bullets are dangerous? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, of course not, because the, the soldier is trained and equipped for battle and is, goes into battle expecting a fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A Christian, you're in a fight. Now, it's a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. Our weapons are not the, the weapons of this world, not the weapons of the flesh, because this is spiritual warfare. But don't be surprised when persecution comes. Don't be surprised when opposition comes. Jesus told us it would come. Uh, the New Testament over and over again tells us 
that we're going to have opposition, that there's going to be persecution. And just a comment about, uh, because we've been talking about uh, Wang Yi, was the Presbyterian pastor in China who was just sentenced to nine years the other day. You ask the question, why? Why does the Chinese Communist government so hate Christianity? And why is it so vigorously attempting to crush Christian witness in China? It's because in communist ideology, the state must be absolute. What they do, what they've done is they've made an idol of the state. Mm -hmm. The state must be all consuming in your life. The state must fill the place in your life, according to communist ideology. Mm -hmm. The state must fill the place in your life that we by our faith know that that place belongs to God alone. Yes. And that's why they hate Christianity because they see it as a rival. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, this is very overt. Uh, the government of uh, Xi Jinping, who's the, the uh, communist leader of China, they have gone into the churches of China and demanded that pictures of Christ be removed and replaced with pictures of Xi Jinping. Uh, then they will, the, the churches will demonstrate their patriotism uh, by now, most of the the three of us in this room are are reformed, so we're, we we're we're hesitant about images like that anyway. But that that tells you exactly what they're about when they're saying you got to take down that picture of Jesus and replace it with a picture of Xi Jinping. Yeah, right. That's crazy. I did not know that. Um, well, let's let's the, take the last just uh, three or four minutes. Um, I believe this is where we're going. I think unless God uh, grants revival or unless he, uh, unless Jesus Christ comes back uh, imminently any second, um, this is where the church in America is going. You already see signs of it in Canada and Australia and the UK. And um, how can we as Christians um, prepare ourselves for, for persecution like what we're seeing over there in China? You know, I think that there's several things that we can probably put in our mind in the first place, you know, that there are some positive results in persecution. You know, there's the spread of the gospel. We see that in the early stages of the church in, in Acts, in Acts chapter 8. You know, we're told that there arose a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and the people were scattered in all the regions throughout Judea and Samaria. So, you scatter seed in all these places. We we see it in the refugee camps. You know, the seed is being scattered in a refugee camp. They're coming into contact with more and more people, and and so uh, we're also told in that same chapter those who went, were scattered went about preaching the word. And you know, so Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he proclaimed to them Christ. So. You know, one, the spread of the gospel happens under the persecution. Two, there's a purification of the church at that, at the same time. You know, people come to the church for all kinds of reasons. You know, they got social reasons for being in this, in the, in that. You know, you can go, if you're a young person, you might even be going to a church because it's kind of like a meat market. You might find that your spouse there. You know, whatever it is, you've, there's reasons. But when persecution comes, all those add extra reasons fall away and so you have a purified church and those with impure motives have been you know will, will you know protect themselves and then the and the other one is you you create this 
it, the spiritually strong church, a steadfast church, one that has an inner strengthening, you know, not propped up by, uh, you know, all the, you know, the niceties, but there's an inner strengthening that comes to play. We're told that the church in China is, is huge, you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and spreading like wildfire. In, mm-hmm. in China. I think the way that we prepare and, and first of all, I mean let's let's pray. We don't we don't want to invite persecution. Let's let's pray uh, that the gospel go out with faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Let's pray uh, for faithfulness and boldness with the gospel. Um, let's pray for freedom mm-hmm. uh, in our country to be maintained and, and that the freedom to spread the gospel will will uh, will be protected. Uh, but we must always be prepared that it not be. And a minute ago, I used the analogy of warfare. And what you know, what does a what does a soldier do to prepare for warfare? Well, they're in physical condition. They they're skilled with the use of their weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, and Christian, are are we spiritually flabby? Yeah. Um, are we are we prepared? The weapons of our warfare are spiritual. That's right. The right. weapons of our warfare are spiritual. Are are we prepared to use them? Do we know? Do we put on the full armor of God? Um, do, are we are we in spiritual conditions so that when opposition comes, we'll not be shocked, will not be offended, will not be frightened? Uh, yeah, I think, are we are we are we participating in the local church? I think. Yes. Yeah, I think that what you have to recover is the ordinariness of being a Christian. You know, you just you know devoted uh, to. Um, spiritual things witnessing letting our you know titus says let our people learn to devote themselves to good work so as to help cases of urgent need timothy says first of all i urge that supplications prayer and intercession and thanksgiving may be made for all people for kings that are in high position it goes on through that list even in the old testament you know we in Jeremiah chapter 29, it says, But seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find welfare. Yeah. Yeah, lots of things, but I think that those ordinary means is the best way. Be an active Christian yeah. with your local church. All right, well, we have to end there. Um, we'll continue this story tomorrow. You've been listening to The Gospel for Life. 